Good morning. I'm Maya Wimala, and today is September the 28th. We are rushing into fall, finally, after a long, hot summer. Uh, it's warm today where I am, but the skies are blue and cloudless. It's very, it's beautiful. Trees are beginning to turn colors. So this is probably a favorite season for most of us. We're lucky enough to have seasons. So today is, um, we're continuing with A Pilgrim's Companion. And this is the book that Ken and Visaka Kawasaki have generously uh, allowed me to read uh, here when I'm with you. And they've put many, many years of their experience and their work into it. So the whole book is full of uh, teachings from the Buddha that take place around these four sacred sites in India. And uh, I've never been able to take that pilgrimage, but it's, on, it's in my bucket list if I have one. <laughs> so <laughs> I love reading different people's uh, pilgrimage books when they talk. Uh, different ones have different styles. So this one is full of beautiful suttas. And there are, there are 35 days of, re of readings and reflections. So today, oh, these are really nice ones. The reading is on the merit of giving. Dana is the word we use for generosity. So giving of, of any kind, giving of your attention, giving of your time, giving of your talents. It can be giving food, giving money. Uh, it's giving it's letting go. It's part of renunciation, too, because it's letting go. It's, it's uh, really encouraging our belief that we have enough and we have enough to share. So it helps us and it, and it makes us happy when we can really uh, share from an open heart. And it doesn't have to be money. There are so many other things that we, that we contribute that um, we can forget that it, that it isn't money that we're talking about. It's just talking about giving of ourselves. And so there's a lovely reading from the Samyutta Nikaya 324 on the merit of giving. A nice story. And the reflection, and this is what we, when we read this, we can be in our meditation, is called the three characteristics. It's really good today. These are all just wonderful teachings, really central, important teachings of the Buddha. I think they've put a, they put all the all of them in the 35 days. And you just I like to imagine being at one of those sites with a group of people that you might be your your uh, group traveling together on the pilgrimage, and you're sitting with a guide, or you may find someone who's uh, talking and sit down and just soak in the atmosphere of the location and the meaningfulness of it, why it's considered one of the four sites and what is important about that. And just listening and being in the presence of a beautiful history. 
Day 19. The reading is The Merit of Giving. And you can just sit in a meditation posture and listen to this. And then when we go into the reflection, which is just a page away, then we can just uh, continue meditating together. One day, King Pasaneda asked the Buddha, Venerable Sir, how should a gift be given? One should give with the mind full of confidence, great king. And how, venerable sir, does giving bear great fruit? This great king is a very different question from your first. Giving to one who is virtuous bears great fruit. But giving to one who is immoral does not. Now, great king, let me ask you a question on this point. Suppose you are at war and a battle is about to take place. A katya youth, untrained, unskillful, inexperienced, and cowardly arrives. Would you employ that man as an archer? Surely not, venerable sir. If he were a brahman, would you employ him? Surely not, venerable sir. What if he were a vesa or a suda? Would you employ him? Surely not, venerable sir. Now suppose you are at war and a battle is about to take place. A katya youth, trained, skillful, with bow and arrow, experienced and brave, arrives. Would you employ that man as an archer? Surely I would, venerable sir. If he were a Brahmin, would you employ him? And these are the different castes he's talking about. The Katyas were the warrior class, the Brahmins were the upper class, the highest, these are the two highest classes. If he were a Brahmin, would you employ him? Surely I would, venerable sir. What if he were a Vesa or a Sutta, would you employ him? Surely I would, venerable sir. So he's gone through all the social caste. But if, they're, if he was trained as an archer, then they, he would hire him to be at war with his troops. In the same way, great king, when a person has gone forth from the household life into homelessness, no matter from which social class, if he has abandoned the five factors and possesses five factors, giving him, giving to him bears great fruit. What five factors have been abandoned? Sensual desire, ill will, sloth and torpor, restlessness and worry, and doubt have been abandoned. What five factors does he possess, he or she? They possess proficiency in virtue, concentration, wisdom, liberation, and the knowledge and vision of liberation. Giving to one who has abandoned these five factors and who possesses these five factors, bears great fruit. The Buddha concluded this lesson with this smile, this simile. Just as a king would hire as an archer the youth who possesses skill, persistence, and strength, rather than one of noble birth, who is perhaps a coward, so too should one honor the wise of noble conduct, in whom patience and gentleness are established, even though they be of lowly birth. 
build pleasant hermitages with tanks and walking paths, and invite the learned to stay there. With calm awareness, provide the requisites for those of upright character. As a mighty cloud produces thunder and lightning and pours refreshing rain upon the earth, filling the streams and gullies, one of confidence provides food and drink to mendicants. Give, give, he cries, like thunder from the clouds, and in return rains down on him the merit from his gifts. Samyutta Nikaya 3.24 So social caste is meaningless, right? So I hope you're sitting and still reflecting on that story and you can uh, be in any posture you like. You can be on your back, on the floor, maybe with some uh, something under your knees. You can be sitting, you can be standing, walking. But you want to be uh, have an upright, have a feeling of your spine lifting up. So that so your your lungs can expand to their full capacity, and so your spine is helping support your body. Your body can be comfortable, but then you'll become restless if you sit a long time. So then you'll need to move, but you want it to be uh, as comfortable as it can be for your body to relax, and then allow your mind to be meditating. But here's the reflection called the three characteristics. All that is conditioned is impermanent. When with wisdom one sees this, one tires of suffering. This is the path to purity. All that is conditioned is suffering. When when with wisdom one sees this, one one tires of suffering. This is the path to purity. All phenomena are non-self. When with wisdom one sees this, one tires of suffering. This is the path to purity. So everything that is conditioned is impermanent, is suffering, in all phenomena or non-self. I think that's the point we want to get to in our lives, is just to be uh, one tires of suffering, and we see what suffering is. So why don't we just sit with this reflection Close your eyes if that's comfortable. You want your body to be lifted and feel awake. You don't want to get drowsy. So if you do become drowsy, you can always open your eyes. You can stand up or change your posture.
Be with the body breathing. And let your awareness be in your body right now. Be aware of your senses and whatever is coming through those sense doors. What you hear, what you see, if your eyes are open or if there's any light that just comes through those closed eyelids. Usually there's still that, there's still some stuff going on even when your eyes are closed. But when we close our eyes, it helps uh, narrow down all the visual distraction that our open eyes brings us so we can focus better on the other senses when we practice. So be, be aware of what you hear, what you smell, what you taste. Be aware of the contact all of your skin is making with the air. If there's a breeze blowing on you, how your clothes feel against your skin, how your feet feel on the ground, the pressure of your seat against your bottom. Have that awareness. Have the awareness of your thoughts arising. And then notice if we don't feed those thoughts, they just will go away eventually. And little by little, we learn to let go of those thoughts until we're ready to focus on them or until we are able to to choose the flow of our thoughts. Don't repress your thoughts if they are negative or heavy, but just allow them to arise and pass away. If you push them down, if you repress them, maybe because you think they're bad, you shouldn't be having them, They'll just be there to come up when you least want them to. We need to learn that we are not our thoughts. We can see them and then let them go. Just let them flow on. No need to have a reaction about your thoughts, no matter how exciting they are or how bad they make you feel. Realize that you can just let them go. And just come back to your breath.
The mind is one of our senses, so our thoughts are important for us to to work with. But just as we learn to feel, uh, to have, to be okay with some, uh, we may hear things that are unpleasant sounds. We don't have to get upset when we hear an unpleasant sound. We can just allow it to be. We can have unpleasant thoughts, no need to get upset, just let them pass away. Just keep coming back to your breath. And you can reflect on the reading or the reflections. Reflect on the nature of all conditioned things, all things that arise from causes in the right conditions. They rise for a while and then they fall away. So they are not who we are. There's suffering inherent in them, and they're all impermanent. We can just see that impermanence sometimes. Sometimes it takes a long time to see the impermanence. 
in our time since. Just allow yourself to be in the present moment. Just be with everything coming into you through your senses. Letting your thoughts come and then go. Aware of your body. Being at peace with yourself. Allowing yourself to be happy. And at peace.
we are learning to let go and to let be. May everything that we do or say or think today be done not only for our own benefit, but for the benefit of all living beings everywhere. It's a good day to be a listener, an observer, Be grateful, be well, be happy, and be at peace. Thank you so much. Enjoy your evening, depending on where you are or your day. And I'll see you on uh, Thursday. Thanks for being part of my practice.